Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 139 for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixlriffs, and joining me, as always, is an oxidized Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what happens when you get older. Uh, speaking of oxidation and things that are happening in the outside, and especially in, say, someone's backyard, uh, if you'd like to hear more about that, about Avatar The Last Airbender, about OBS settings and uh, D&D, check out The Render Distance. It's the extended version of the podcast. You can find that at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks, and that's where you can go to support the podcast. And it's the top of the month. We wanted to say a big shout out and thank you to everyone that's been joining the growing community over the last few weeks. Uh, we really appreciate the support. You are the reason that we can keep doing this show, and it is a lot of fun to have you in the Discord, uh, as well as enjoying features, things like the Chunk Mail Dispenser, the Quarterly Hangouts, and the live Discord recording broadcast that we do with our patrons. So thank you so much for the support. One of my favorite things about our Discord community is that they do what we do every week and talk about what we've been doing in our Minecraft lives. You know, you'll jump into the Spawn Town chat and there's always somebody having a discussion about, like, what's next for their their town or their kind of build projects, what redstone farms they're making, and we have a bunch of different dedicated chats for those. But it's always great to get a, a snapshot of what we're, uh, what we're all doing in Minecraft lately. And uh, we have a lively discussion about the contents of the show as well, so... It's a, a great place to be. Uh, speaking of which, Joel, uh, what have you been up to in Minecraft this week? So I uh, spent a little bit of time on the Citadel. I really divided my time between the Citadel and the Snapshot this week. And uh, the Citadel has entered into one of those chill phases where there's a lot of road planning, river dredging, uh, and just kind of like doing sections of things that are required before I can spend another couple of streams building. It's a lot easier to build houses and kind of like come up with unique shapes and try to puzzle solve when you already have those roads kind of embedded and, and ready to go. So that's what I, I spent, you know, the time on the Citadel doing this week was planning the roads in the, I don't know what you want to call it. It's like a river settlement that's outside the town. It's the kind of people that would live next to the town, might run inside the town if there was any ever any big trouble, like a battle. But for the most of the, their lives, they live outside the, t the town because they are fishermen or whatever. They want to live by the river. And uh, so I did a lot of that. I did a lot of um, smooth and streamlining of, of the river and whatnot. But I'm realizing and even just taking screenshots to share with uh, listeners this week that I, I might have gone overboard in removing all of the sand and all of the gravel from the river only to probably have to add some back in so it doesn't look quite so plain. Uh, and so I want to try and as I river sculpt the rest of the 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 area, I, I kind of want to make a note to dial back on the the removal of so much stuff i'm not a big fan of sand in rivers but i maybe need to replace it with gravel and then let minecraft like you know terrain generation dictate hey look you should put a gravel deposit here just because there's sand here right now but it's going to look better if it's not all just brown dirt underneath the uh underneath the the water surface now i do have a a plan to go through with some bone meal uh which is a lovely addition with i think you know the update aquatic in 113 where you can get seagrass and stuff to grow in the rivers which adds a lot of life with the movement and sway of of plant life and stuff in the river so i'll be doing that as well yeah um, but... rivers are kind of tricky to get right from a real world kind of realism perspective because a lot of the time when you look at rivers in photography or you know and anywhere that we are likely to encounter rivers more frequently there's a lot of reflections in the water or there's a lot of activity in the water if it's a faster flowing river and you don't tend to see a whole lot of what's on the 
bottom of a river you maybe see like a little bit of the banks but then a lot of it is you know the light refracts and it gets deeper and darker towards the bottom of the river and you don't really tend to see as much whereas in minecraft the transparency of the natural water texture the default water in java edition in particular tends to feel very transparent now and it's changed over the years with the texture updates and so forth and, you know, giving more visibility underwater from the update aquatic onwards. But when you just have one texture underwater, it really shows. And despite Minecraft's natural river generation leaving just kind of blobs of material, it doesn't necessarily feel geologically correct. <laughs> it's not super yeah. sculpted that way. It still provides enough variety that you miss that when all you've got is something like dirt. And even throwing in some stuff like soul soil and things, now we have access to them, is is not a bad idea just to vary up some of the textures. If you want the river to feel kind of brown and silty, you've got those and mushroom blocks. And I used to do it with soul sand, but then they added the update aquatic functionality to that and we ended up with bubbles everywhere. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting just shaping the ecology of a river to feel a little bit more natural while working with the uh, restrictions that Minecraft brings. I, I'm the same way. I had um, I had designed a couple of river and even a little waterfall in early on in Dartmouth Meadows, and it's now Bubble City Fish Murder Town because <laughs> because mm -hmm. of all the uh, soul sand. But replacing it with soul soil is a, is a good alternative. Um, and in some ways, you know, you can use the bubbles to your advantage. If you want to have bubbles at the bottom of a waterfall, you can actually put in some um, some. Uh, soul sand on purpose and have some activity there but uh i'm realizing that most of my experience with looking at rivers isn't really looking at rivers i see streams a lot in some of the parks that i go to around the city and i mean they're barely a meter wide yeah so they're uh -huh. maybe a foot deep so you can clearly see the bottom and there's the old grass and plants and rocks and stuff like that so you get that in your brain but then you realize that in minecraft you're dealing with something that's you know four to five meters deep it's six meters across you know so it's a little bit harder to kind of sort out the scale of it is really weird to work out because like a meter wide river might be something that you know you have to really think about jumping across in the real world whereas a meter wide river in minecraft is a water source you know yeah and and so you, you end up with yeah difficulties of player scale in that respect and to really have that feel of a it, like every river in Minecraft that generates naturally feels like a the the size of thing that would be a a rushing river throughout most of you know what I know yeah. of rivers in the UK. Yeah, I mean in in this particular use in my town, it works because it's meant to be kind of like a blockade, something that you would not typically want to try to walk across. Like you'd be over your head and wet, which would be bad. You'd you'd much prefer to take the bridge, and then the bridge can be guarded or whatever just they act as more of a barrier i still try not to make them more than three blocks deep because after that any kind of like fun design you're going to do in them you can't see anyway um but uh, i know what you mean about uh soul soil i like using mushroom block as well kind of looks like silt you know at the bottom yes. of a river yeah yeah it's a lot of fun the other thing that I added was a uh, another angled arch uh, across the river. I had put the towers in and I had planned for this potentially earlier on. And uh, it, um, it was a good idea. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. And then I changed the way that I built walls and, and, and things changed. So instead of having a nice even 15 blocks across, I had to change it and do two sections of four and one section of seven uh, just to try to like make things work. Uh, and then I did another... Um, arch on an angle which i'm finding are 
easier to do on even numbers. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it seems to be the way to go. I did run into some snags, just kind of like Minecraft hit, hitting its limits on what an angled build could be uh, and how to make it look relatively smooth, even though you're dealing with one meter changes horizontally. And um, it was challenging, but it, it came to the point of just maybe letting go on the backside and saying, okay, well, a wall sort of softens it a little bit, but it doesn't really go all the way and I can't really you know, go much farther than this, but, um, but it was a lot of fun to, to have something done again on the Citadel in a, not even a stream, but like a half a stream because the other half of the stream, uh, I actually hit the snapshot twice this week and, uh, have been now getting into some 117 goodies, which is, is nice. Um, found a shipwreck encased in an iceberg, uh, found some good iron and, and tools and things, but nothing of 117 variety, but it was a fun, you know, adventure. Uh, so far, we've collected copper, deep slate, raw ores, and now dripstone. And uh, I was going to take a picture of the naturally generated dripstone. A little blob occurred in a cave that we found uh, exploring the snapshot yesterday on stream. Uh, but as I was getting ready to do that, um, mobs were just pouring out of whatever dark caves were nearby, including a creeper, which um, helped me mine the dripstone, <laughs> oh, no. but robbed my ability to take a screenshot <laughs> of oh. the very pretty dripstone. <laughs> Dang it, creepers. Yeah, no, yeah. they'll do that, unfortunately. That's the problem. Yeah. With taking screenshots of this game on the fly proves increasingly difficult when you're also dealing with mob activity. So yeah, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, in hindsight, before I tried it, I should have run around with some torches out of shot and just like lit up the whole area, but whatever. Um, it did end up being kind of a frustrating end to the stream. We were trying to get to the point where we could do some enchanting because I'm starting to find a lot of copper. When I find iron, I, I don't have an iron farm. So I'm trying to take advantage of the new drop rates with the uh, raw ores. And I want to enchant the pickaxes and see if I can't get a fortune pick. Uh, Cause I do have a couple of diamond pickaxes. Uh, well, uh, my first death on the server, which is actually, I was impressed. So this is like the fourth stream. So we're talking 12 hours of pretty solid gameplay, which includes a lot of dark mining. Uh, hadn't died. I was leaving my, my chamber with the bed and a baby husk was coming at me. Uh, and I took a swipe at him because as, as you would do that, the iron golem next to him took the hit along with the baby zombie and ended me yeah. in one shot. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they, I was like, okay, great. So that is why I don't play hardcore. Like, <laughs> I, if that was a hardcore world, I would. There would this. There, I would, it was a disappointing thing on stream, but I would have been done. Like, yeah. if that was hardcore, I would have been just like, well, that's the end of the stream today, folks. Have a nice day. Gotta go. Bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I was not impressed um, because we were just about to enchant <laughs> with the thirty-two levels that I had. Of course. Which yeah. I lost. So I haven't quite got to the point where we can um, do the enchanting things. And I'm I'm not the fastest Minecraft player. I'm not doing a speed run. I'm, I'm definitely distracted by a number of things in, in the playthrough. So this is not to say that it takes you 12 plus hours to get to, you know, enchanting. You could get there way faster if you knew what you were doing. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but so far, the impressions are that... Um, it feels like a lot of this stuff is is gated behind discovery. Like you're getting copper right away, but we've not found a geode. Uh, it took us a long time to find dripstone. Um, I wasn't trading a lot with villagers, but I also didn't have a good source of emeralds either. So I I'm, it's curious to see like where this 117 content lands in the new the new release when it comes out like where in gameplay does it start to come up copper is going to be the first thing you find but after yeah. that you're kind of like at the whim of just like discovering things in the world 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one because this is clearly a compromise, right? Like, it's nice to have multiple ways of getting something, and eventually the plan is, of course, to have lush caves and dripstone caves where you can get these things in abundance. But in order to not make those features redundant by giving you a lot of access to them, they've had to, you know, cut back on the amount of ways you can get it in the meantime, and that means that you know, you have to find a wandering trader or a shipwreck or something before you can get some of the more rare stuff. And yeah, then it entirely becomes, you know, effectively RNG figuring out whether or not you're getting some of the newer features, which, I mean, gives you something to go out and look for, of course, but is also perhaps a little frustrating when all you want to do is build. Yeah, I, I did find and harvest some of the dripstone. So um, the idea being the next stream, we're going to try to build some sort of very simple mob spawner, you know, um, farm, something we can either change the path that they go to be either you know, auto drop collection with dripstone being the spikes that they fall on uh, or manually killing them and getting the XP to get ourselves back up to enchant some stuff quickly. Um, I'm hoping that with maybe an adventure through a ravine that might lead to a mine shaft or something that will eventually find a geode because if i'm going to do a mob spawner i'd really like to use some tinted glass and explore those mechanics just yeah. just to kind of see if it makes a big difference if it's something cool if it's hard to make like is it something that's really tedious or is it just worth the the little window that you might need to see how things are going so anyway well i'll see how it goes but that's that's essentially the plan going in next time a little bit of, i'm hitting that point in minecraft now where you, you're gonna have to put in some grind for an infrastructure in order for the rest of the gameplay to feel a little bit smoother but yeah yeah uh, definitely so uh if you get you get to that point fairly early in a world once you know what you're doing and once the kind of yeah the, the urge to explore a new minecraft world you kind of think yeah i've seen a few of these at this point let me hunker down and actually get the resources for a build or two first what have you been up to so, uh, I started out channeling my thoughts about copper, which had been percolating for a while, uh, into a video about the latest snapshot because of them making changes to ore veins and stuff, which we're going to discuss a little bit later in the news. But um, I found that my thoughts on copper have really been shaped a lot by listener emails and discussions in our Discord, which is one of the advantages, I think, of doing this show every week is that, you know, fresh ideas come from the community, things that I hadn't considered, and... Um, I made a video about copper, and we're probably going to discuss copper a little bit more later, but I honestly think copper is one of those things that's going to evolve a lot in future, and a bunch of different uses are going to spring up, and also something we've discussed an episode or two ago on the show was that a lot of modded players rely on copper as a resource that goes into a lot of tech mods, but then there was never a universal vanilla copper that everyone was using, so I think it's kind of cool that copper is now potentially going to work for that in future and there are compromises that they've made in the meantime but I, I i wanted to point out to people who might be more familiar with vanilla and hadn't really been aware of that that copper meant something to the modded community as well um i didn't do much else in the snapshot with the data pack because i was running into that lag and freezing kind of lag spike issue more often than not at this point it seems to have gotten progressively worse as the snapshots roll on and i don't know if that's just anecdotal or if that's actually the case but i found that frustrating enough to not really want to go into the snapshot too much because i'm either you know logging out logging back in to see if that makes any difference or just churning through worlds to get one that works for about half an hour before the lag spikes start to kick in so i haven't really been doing all that much in the snapshots and honestly i'm fine leaving the 117 regular snapshots the ones that are going to be for the summer update 
uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine leaving those alone for now because I kind of want to get a bit of distance between myself and the update now just so I don't get too focused on everything. And so instead I have rejoined the crew from Don't Die December who reformed for another hardcore server running throughout May. Um, the exact name of it was kind of under contention for a while. I think it is now called Don't Die 2 uh, because it is no longer December, but Mont My May was one of the uh, one of the alternatives that was proposed. I personally thought it would be really funny to call it We May Die, um, but e- either way, mm. it, en- it ended up being a, uh, a-, a fun enough group that we added a few people to it and decided to launch another month-long hardcore project where on the first night, several of us died, but we decided that because it was early days and basically we just want to be all in the same room having fun together like we didn't want to necessarily have the hardcore stuff be as strict as it had been previously um and we spawned next to a dark oak forest so there was a lot of mobs just kind of coming out of the trees during daytime um a few people got a mulligan (laughs) we we ended up dying in unfortunate ways a couple of times um at least one person has now already kicked it for real uh, on day three of the server but um yeah, it, it's a a fun group and it's it's nice to have a, a, a bunch of people to hang out with on a casual server that I feel like just kind of popping into and playing and not really doing too much uh too much content from. The the main project on that though has been uh defying the dragon because we decided that we're not gonna do a group dragon fight until Thursday this week, so you know, a few days from now. But when people mentioned that in the Discord, I said is there any problem with us going to the end and not killing the dragon, but still trying to bridge out to the islands <laughs> and start to explore that way? And they said, well, no, but you're not going to be able to return to the overworld because if you throw all of your stuff in an ender chest and drop into the void, you die and that's it. But I decided that uh, Zloy XP, who I do the Hermitcraft recap with, and I uh, were both going to gear up and rush the end and then stay in the outer islands for a few days until the group got together for a dragon fight and do some builds with purple and end stone and whatever we could bring with us so that has now evolved into us basically playing skyblock in the end islands which is really quite fun that would be a really cool way to to play especially on a multiplayer server where if you just want to avoid the dragon but eventually you do want to have the ability to to use that exit portal or, or come back then um then like that obviously having other people to kill the dragon for you would be would be a boon in that way yeah um i i kind of wish that there was more of a a gameplay mechanic like that in minecraft like you had to do that to get to the dragon like imagine if instead of spawning in and immediately fighting the dragon you spawned in in the reverse location like you spawned in in uh the end islands maybe without access to shulker boxes and stuff and then you had to travel to and get the resources built up to get to the end island and fight fight the dragon. Yeah, and, and then the, that was still the only way you could get back to the overworld. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's some interesting stuff you could put into a game mode of sorts that way. But um, we brought enough stuff with us that we can harvest trees. We brought enough like spruce and dark oak saplings that we're getting the larger types of trees. We're turning those into charcoal and using that to pop chorus fruit for building blocks. I brought some lava and water with me. So we have a cobblestone generator, which we then decorated. Um, And we've started building a kind of, uh, you know, weird, 
almost like retro future metropolis based on um jack kirby comics and the architecture of a guy i mentioned on the show ages ago uh freddie mamani silvestre who's like a um, bolivian architect who uh does these really kind of interesting almost like the design of old Bakelite radios taken to like architectural extremes, um, and yeah, we, we've we've got some fun ideas for builds out there. the The highlight really was realizing that if we wanted to, having raided a couple of end cities and got some enchanted gear, but not like a huge amount of stuff, I realized that if we wanted to, we could fish out there and see if we could get some enchanted books and stuff that way. And we brought enough iron for an anvil so that we could combine stuff, but I hadn't brought any string so we didn't have the materials for fishing rods and with the end being the landscape that it is there's no real way of getting string out there so this morning uh i helped a couple of friends record a segment where they came to the end portal and threw stuff through but didn't come through themselves so they just dumped a load of string and eggs (laughs) and stuff into the end portal and then i used an end gateway from further out in the islands that transport you directly back to that obsidian platform i I used one of those to get back, grabbed everything that they had thrown through, and then ran away again. <laughs> and so we still haven't fought the dragon, but we basically have a way of them giving us like supply drops and care packages. The only unfortunate thing is we can't send anything back yet, but we basically promised, okay, we're going to raid a few end cities, and anybody who's able to help us out with the resources that way, we can like earmark a couple of shulker boxes for you when we bring those back, or we've got a, a few sets of elytra at this point, and if we can get mending on them, then that means we can you know, repair them and have some elytra ready to give out to people once the dragon is done with. So it's actually been a really fun way of playing the game, and it sort of feels like... A fun prospect for anybody else. Nobody else can mess with us either, which, you know, is always the way with these multiplayer servers, you know, pranks start up. Right. With it being a hardcore server, the pranks can't be lethal, but they're at least kind of, you know, some some good-natured messing with each other. But then if anybody wants to prank us, they have to commit to living in the end with us <laughs> until <laughs> Thursday. And and so when, when they came up to throw this stuff in the portal, I said to them, like, whatever you do, check your surroundings, you know, make sure the silverfish spawner is broken, don't touch any blocks in the stronghold, because if something nudges you into that portal by mistake you are moving in with us is effectively what you're doing so Mm. yeah it was it was great fun and it's been really fun to participate in this server there's a great bunch of people on there and even though i'm playing it kind of casually it's just nice as a a kind of holiday home from the more intensive off-camera work i'm doing on the survival guide museum right now uh, it's the the ability that you have uh yourself and you know people that you're playing with to reinvent the minecraft experience like i i would have never thought to go to the end and just be like nope no dragon and just go live on the end islands and i imagine a lot of that you know obviously from your skyblock play and your your survival guide work you know just knowing what to bring with you you know cobbled stone generator great decoration by the way yeah that's um, that's like, all that's it, yeah it, 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 i got give, that impression give, give that man any chance to turn something into a skull and he will uh and so he was like <laughs> wouldn't it be funny this like we, we've got this kind of automated piston powered cobblestone generator just a basic design and he was like wouldn't it be funny if this looked like it was you know being vomited out of something's face and yeah that's <laughs> that's what happens anytime you're on a server with that man yeah no it, it that kind of stuff i just find fun and that's the kind of thing that i i get caught up in themes and like the medieval town and making it look good and then i forget like there's there's those experiences with temporary servers with temporary setups with 
you know, different kind of gameplay styles, you can just do some really goofy, fun stuff, you know, in, in Minecraft, you know, whether it's building like giant mob heads or like, there's, there's a lot of things that I end up focusing on just because of like my perfectionism comes out and bites me in the butt sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of fun stuff that I just miss out on because I'm usually so big picture Joel when it comes to what I'm doing in Minecraft on the Citadel. And uh, I'm hoping to expand that in the snapshot play and maybe try to do some more like off kilter thing. I'm in a desert and I've been thinking a lot about like, even though I don't like the movie, Mad Max, yeah. like that kind mm -hmm. of a aesthetic would be really cool to try to do some builds and stuff in the desert. But, but yeah, it's one of those things where I, I sometimes forget just how fun and like weird in a wonderful way that Minecraft can be when you just kind of like have all these different creative spoons in the pot. And, and there are, I guess we'll say less inhibitions because everybody knows it's, it's temporary. And um, before we move on, I want to ask, have you ever thought, or has the group ever thought about putting together a, um, like a, 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 a hardcore world, but instead of being one death, maybe it's three. Didn't they, didn't like whip and, and those folks do a server like that? Like yeah. Last I mean, year or the year uh, before green and a bunch of folks from Hermitcraft and a few other people from elsewhere are doing a server called third life right now. That is like that where, um, the oh, okay. your first two lives, you are neutral to everybody and you can just kind of do the usual stuff. And on your third life, your goal becomes hunting down other players and it becomes more of like a battle royale kind of situation. Oh, okay. uh, but, but that's in hardcore once you've hit life number three, basically. So right. three three and you're out kind of thing. And yeah. so, yeah, like it, it's it's a fun idea. I really prefer cooperative gameplay in general. So if a PvP element was more involved, then I'd probably be against the idea of joining it. But yeah. I, I just like the idea of doing something cooperative. Hardcore kind of ties in with me with the fact that it's only a month-long server anyway. And so, you know, if people die early then they don't miss out on more than a few weeks worth of content and if you know everybody lasts until the end then the server's going away sooner or later anyway so you can take more risks as it goes on and i feel like going out to the end was a big risk in itself but it was just really uh <laughs> really a, a, a fun way of exploring it and yeah maybe there might be uh a few things that trip me up and a few things that i would have preferred to have done by the time it's all over but in the meantime it's yeah it's it's nice to to hop in and do whatever we want i i have left an image of uh freddie mamani's architecture which maybe we can put in the show notes as well as the kind of inspiration for what we're going to be building i'll try and grab a couple of shots of what we've built so far because yeah it's definitely a style i want to try out with more and i'm planning on having somebody else drop through some warped and crimson nylium and fungus so that we can start making a tree farm out there for red and turquoise materials that we can use to uh to augment the color palette of end stone and purple that we have right now nice yeah i i do recognize if not this image certainly the work of Mameni's stuff i know you've shared it with me before but uh, yeah i'll definitely put that in the show notes definitely all right uh let's move on to the news though because we have uh an extra snapshot this week an extra a uh, bit of news besides uh so let's get into it snapshot 21w17a was introduced there'll be a link in the show notes to the snapshot changelog over on minecraft.net but this snapshot introduces tweaks to the raw ore textures a few copper changes and noodle caves in the caves and cliffs preview data pack 
Changes in 21W17A include that small drip leaves can now be placed on moss blocks, copper ore now drops two or three raw copper when mined or more when using a tool enchanted with fortune, copper blocks are now crafted from nine copper ingots, reverting it from the recipe that required only four, and they've tweaked the texture of raw metal blocks. In the Caves and Cliffs preview data pack, large ore veins have been tweaked to be slightly rarer and slightly smaller, but still quite large. The ores in the vein are clumpier and less evenly distributed, and if you're lucky you may even find a full raw ore block in one of these veins. They've also added Noodle Caves, which are a thinner, squigglier, and more claustrophobic variant of Spaghetti Caves. There is of course a long list of bug fixes as these get closer to a full release in summer, and the full list of bugs in 21W17A fixed uh, are in the Minecraft.net article linked in our show notes. A little bit of news coming in from Minecraft Dungeons. At Dungeons Game on Twitter has brought up the fact that on May 5th, cloud saves will be available. To quote that tweet, whether you want to play on the big screen or a handheld device of your trusty old laptop, the adventure doesn't have to stop. On May 5th, cloud saves are coming to dungeons, meaning you'll be able to pick up and play your save game on any supported platform. Which is good news for you, right? Because I think you were planning on dipping back into dungeons, but you wanted your save file from PC so that you could play on Xbox. 100%. Yeah, I'm I'm actually uh, glad I waited. Uh, I played a little bit, like I ran through Pumpkin Pastures, you know, uh, no, not Pumpkin Pastures, what's the, Creeper Woods. Ran through Creeper Woods. I really enjoyed it. Like, I just had fun, and it was like, I stopped because it was like late one, late one night, and, and I just didn't want to pl play too late in the evening, but I could feel that itch of like, I would just keep going, but I thought, well, this is a waste of... I like I've already got to the point where I'm at the end boss fight like I would really like to try to continue that and explore the new content which I have access to because um, I've not done any of the expansions at all and uh, so this is really good news for me I just haven't had the time to get back into it but I have had the itch to play a dungeon crawler such that I downloaded and installed Torchlight 3 mm -hmm. and Darksiders Genesis uh, on the Xbox I haven't yet played any of them because I was like, well, I want a dungeon crawler, but I don't want to play Minecraft Dungeons until Cloud Saves is available. <laughs> so um, I actually uninstalled Torchlight because I, I went in to play it and it was something about the sound design. It was just, it wasn't very good. Um, but I've heard lots of good things about uh, Darksiders Genesis. I'll probably leave that one installed and try that out later. But I will definitely be looking into Dungeons on the Xbox and testing out the Cloud Save thing. Especially because as a uh, subscriber to, see if I can get the whole title right, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, I also have access to xCloud, which uh, means right. that I may not only be able to have a cloud save, I might be able to do something like play dungeons on my iPad Pro. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a supported device. I haven't looked into it yet. But there are uh, abilities for me to try out some other games that my computer might not handle uh, or the device not might, might not be able to play and then test them out on, on those. So I'll, I'll include Minecraft Dungeons in that and see if I can't report back. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't uh, played Dungeons for a little while, and I only played it on PC, so cloud saves won't really affect me all that much, but I think it's obviously great that they have a uh, uh, a release plan for those this week, and uh, it was kind of the one outstanding issue I saw people voicing online about Dungeons, the kind of thing that, you know, every time they'd announce a new DLC, you'd have a bunch of people replying saying, cloud saves when, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I think beyond this point, if you're a fan of dungeon crawlers as a genre or Minecraft in general and you want a different gameplay experience, there's 
actually very little left to stop you enjoying Minecraft Dungeons immensely. Like, if it's not your thing, then I completely understand, but I think now that you have the opportunity to put down whatever you've been playing on the PC and then just pick it up again on the Switch if you want to travel or if you just feel like loafing on the couch instead of being at your PC at your desk, then I think, yeah, it, it makes Minecraft Dungeons more accessible to people, which is only a good thing. And given your setup on the PC, depending on what you have, like, I mean, my giant television in 4K and the sound design in Minecraft Dungeons, it's a much better experience on the Xbox for me personally, because yeah. I'm using little Apple earpods. And, you know, granted, I have a nice monitor, but it's it's still a better experience. I find the kickback experience is, is much nicer. It took a little bit to get used to the controller because I'm definitely all of my dungeon crawler experience, including Minecraft Dungeons, has been keyboard and mouse. And so um, to switch to the controller did take some adjusting. But now that I'm over there and I can do both, like I feel like it'll be a good switch. And I, this could be uh, just coincidence, but my invite to the xCloud experience was only just last week. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if the Minecraft Dungeons cloud saves had something to do with the timing of the xCloud um, service being robust enough and tested enough that they felt that cloud saves would then be reliable enough to to implement. That's certainly a solid theory, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you've been spending some time in the snapshot. We're going to be talking a bit more about the potential of copper a little bit later on. But uh, do you have any thoughts about this week's snapshot? So, like I mentioned briefly, I I feel like a lot of the one seventeen stuff has just been gated behind discovery. Yeah. Right. Like it's just it's been something that's been very, very hard to find. Um, I feel like it's not necessarily end game. Uh, it's just that a lot of it just depends on like finding very specific blocks that then will unlock things. For example, you have to find a little patch of dripstone. Even if you only find one dripstone block, you now know at least you can put water sources above it and create dip dripstone to then mine yourself and harvest. So it, it's difficult in that way. Um to try and unlock that kind of stuff. The frustrating thing that I find uh, in terms of trying to do content around the snapshot is the lack of things like lush cave blocks and azalea trees. And yeah. if you want to do any kind of decorating or any kind of exploration of that stuff, like mo using moss to create mossy blocks instead of vines. Granted, I did find a swamp, but like it's just it's one of those things where you want to explore the snapshot, but you're just like, well, how do I even get to this kind of stuff? And I think part of the problem is that unlike the discovery that would happen in the cave generation uh, 118, there's no, um, what is the word I'm looking for? There's no, not stepping stones, but there's no landmarks along your gameplay experience in 117 right yeah, it's, now. To it's say, not being like signposted, like with signposted. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So you just like, well, I want lush cave blocks. I know they're in the game. I read the patch notes, but like, well, how do I get them? The game doesn't tell you. Right. So there's a lot of wiki stuff that you have to kind of look up, which, I, you know, it's fine. It's been part of Minecraft for a while. But so that kind of experience has not been the best. Um, but when it comes to things like uh, the changes of uh, copper to be put back into the nine by nine grid, uh, I appreciate it for storage. Like it's nice to be able to compact what you have uh, before you smelt it. Uh, if you need to um, compact it in your inventory when you're mining like that did come in handy. Uh, because as you know, one would imagine going from end game to having no shulker boxes, you like the, the amount of times I've had to come back home, uh, it has been uh, a lot. Uh, I'm also not using bundles, um, mainly because I don't want to kill bunny rabbits. I know uh -huh. it's weird, but <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's like, it's not a good feeling. Um, and the other thing is that 
a lot of what I'm collecting, I mean, a bundle would only hold two stacks of the things that are like piling up in my inventory. Like I'm getting a lot of cobble. I'm getting a lot of deep slate. I'm getting a lot of, you know, copper ore, um, which you can, again, you can compact down into blocks, which is good, but like a bundle only holds a stack. So unless you're doing like that top level immediate early game, like I have two flowers, three sticks, you know, one sapling, like that stuff I find bundles useful for. But what I'm doing now is beyond that initial three to four hour dump into the game. And bundles I find are great immediately, but anything after that, it's just, it doesn't really help all that much. Yeah, they're really not um, good for like long mining sessions and bulk storage. Mm, like mm-hmm. that's just not what they're designed yeah. for. And that that's that's where shulker boxes would be really handy if you were that far along. And yeah, there's... I think sooner or later we might get something to bridge that gap, but yeah, you're right. Bundles are really just for tidying stuff up, not necessarily for for those long mining trips where you're bringing back stacks of resources for a build or something. Yeah, so a lot of my exploration has been looking for things that I know I'm going to need. For example, we took some time to look around and finally found a bee's nest, marked the coordinates because I don't have silk touch yet, but obviously I want access to um, honey and wax so that I can wax copper and and build with it and have it stop or uh, keep it at a specific, you know, point in oxidation so I can, you know, do some creative builds with it in that way. Um, still haven't found a geode, like I mentioned. So that kind of is what I'm most excited about because I, I you know, again, in the snapshot, I'm not playing with Optifine. And so I think I'm really going to get some use out of the spy class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd like to try and get it before Optifine and, and this is released. So I'd like to try and play with it because I know that once 117 is available and Optifine catches up, I will more than likely just be using Optifine as opposed to relying on the Spyglass. So I want to try to play with it, you know, in in the meantime. Um, The only other thing that I noticed and and will comment on with the snapshot, I don't play with the um, WorldGen data pack for all the reasons that you mentioned, because between you and several other creators I follow, including my own experience a couple weeks ago, it just seems too buggy to bother with. Uh, It's not a pleasant playing experience. And, um, in that light, uh, I accidentally, uh, in searching for a slime that I heard bouncing around and appeared to be stuck in a small cave, I thought, oh, if I can figure out where they are and know where they probably spawned and can't get away from, I could probably locate a slime chunk and start, you know, having some slime in the game, which would be great. Uh, in the process of trying to listen, uh, I didn't turn on uh closed captioning so i was listening with headphones and trying to figure out which direction this was going i ended up making my own spaghetti cave and <laughs> yeah. uh i can say between that and watching a couple of videos i i can't say that i'm looking for a claustrophobic minecraft experience i it doesn't upset me i i am a bit claustrophobic in real life i think it just comes from being a, a, a bigger guy but it doesn't make me panic. I just feel uncomfortable. And I find in Minecraft, it just, for me, visually becomes an unenjoyable visual experience of like trying to walk around blocks. Everything is only a meter away. You just kind of feel like you're playing pinball as you're going through these caves. And so I had inadvertently made one of my own and just thought like, nope, I don't want this. I don't want to try and explore one of these in, in Minecraft. Cause I mean, I can see myself finding a, a noodle cave or a spaghetti cave in, in the new snapshot or the new world and being like, Oh, that's nice. And just like ignoring it. Cause it's like, it just looks like too much work, you know, mm-hmm. to try to go down and navigate. Yeah. Like I, I didn't really go looking for spaghetti caves and I think they're, they're one of those things that suffers from being cool to look at on the outside, but doesn't really lend a whole lot to the caving experience that we didn't have already. Um, I think caverns and the the cheese cave way of generating caves has been like a lot more of a dramatic and obvious 
shift from the caves that we are used to from 116 and earlier and i think the spaghetti caves while they are maybe adding a bit of variation to the overall experience by themselves don't really have a whole lot of appeal um it's the kind of thing that yeah they're good as connecting tissue for some of the other larger cave systems and adds a much more variety to the 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 underground which you know is is good in the grand scheme of things it's better to have more than less i think in this case but i don't really see them as something to seek out in particular in the way that the caverns will be it's something that you can just kind of move on from a, a seamless part of the uh, the experience really um so yeah i haven't really like i said played around much in the 117 snapshot i gave the data pack a try just to look around for more uh veins of material because that was the thing that interested me the most about how the mining experience is going to change in the second half of caves and cliffs and i found a copper vein very easily on the first world i tried which was the only world i tried and uh yeah i, I was looking for copper initially just so i could talk a little bit more about it and i didn't end up getting fortune but i still ended up getting a whole lot of copper especially once i found that vein there are still abundant patches of it in early caves it's about as frequent or more frequent than we used to find iron before the uh you know ore distribution changed and so i still think it's a good thing that we're getting that much copper because if you intend to build with it you need that stuff to be abundant and the fact that it has more drops is a really nice balancing change for the recipe reverting and i've seen some interesting discussions about whether copper crafting should be consistent with the recipe for precious resource blocks like iron and gold which have a variety of other uses or the decorative blocks like quartz and purple which are typically a two by two crafting mm, recipe mm -hmm. because it's more of a decorative block itself it doesn't really have much use as a block or really that many uses as an ingot right now um where do you fall on that debate? Do you think the 3x3 recipe suits it better because it's consistent with the, the metals of the game already? Or do you think it just makes more sense as a decorative block? I think it makes more sense as a decorative block. Mm -hmm. uh, I think with iron, which we mentioned last week, you have so many more uses for it Yeah, that you're going to want more of it and being able to compact more of it into iron blocks. Um, I think that's a balanced way to present those those textures mm -hmm. um but with copper specifically the copper textures when you get into cut copper it looks very similar to purple right yeah uh, it has that that two by two grid to it it doesn't look like a stone brick it has it has a very distinct kind of look to it so intuitively it makes sense to put two like four copper blocks in a square in a crafting grid and then you end up with the cut copper right like that like that's the kind of thing that you you would think you would have um so when it, but when it comes to building a copper block like i i don't i mean again i'm of that camp where i'm not a big fan of the block so i'm probably a little bit jaded on like my opinion of whether i'm going to be building with it or not but i'm going to be building with it a lot less now that it takes nine to build a block as opposed to four yeah uh and this is all coming from how much i have in the world right now uh without any kind of enchantments on my pickaxe that might change if my natural copper collection because i find it a lot in the world like i stumble upon it way more than you stumble upon iron just in in this current version of the snapshot without the uh world gen changes i find copper a fair bit and um which is cool because it has that like well this is a block that i want it's part of the 117 snapshot so like let's collect it and so i'm not going specifically on long like hour-long 
copper runs, but if I'm exploring a cave and I see some of the wall, I'm going to take it home. And yeah. so as a result of, of mining it without any enchants, I don't have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't really, yeah, I don't really feel like it's going to be something I'm going to be using a lot. So I, I don't know. It's, I can see the arguments to both sides, I guess. Yeah, like I, I definitely fall on the resource block side. Um, I think mainly just because of behavior things. It's it's a refined metal, first of all. So that's mm. commensurate with the, the behavior of iron and gold. Um, and I think it being able to be crafted back into copper ingots is kind of part of that as well. Uh, you know, you can't uncraft a quartz block back into quartz items, right? Right, and same with, yep. Mm-hmm. Same with purple and popped chorus. So I think in terms of, like, the mechanical implications of it, rather than its uses, it makes more sense. And I think even if copper ingots don't have many uses right now, one of the points I was making in my video this week is that it's open to expansion in future or modded uses, and it's going to be useful to uncraft those copper blocks back into something, which a precedent hasn't really been set for crafting a sandstone block back into four sand you know and so i think it kind of makes more sense from the resource block side of things the one outlier in that argument is nether wart blocks which require nine nether warts to craft a single block but then they're so abundant in crimson forests now that i don't think anyone really crafts those anymore so and 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 that one can't be uncrafted back into nether wart as far as i recall so i think it's um it's an interesting balance thing but i, I think having at least the option to make copper drop more raw copper now that they have the raw items dropping from those ore blocks at least gives them the opportunity to balance things and that can be open to a little bit more change we still maybe have the option of deep slate ore dropping slightly more items just to kind of compensate for the challenge required to get it and yeah i I think at least that side of the game can still see a little bit more rebalancing before the update arrives or maybe before 118 comes along and changes things up i found it really quite cool finding full blocks of raw copper in the veins though like i i liked that Mm -hmm. as a as a stumble upon like it feels quite rewarding to mine those veins out to begin with because it's fun to knock down every other block and find oh you've got some more copper behind there like if it feels like all the best parts of going caving condensed into a single hit of of um of ores and then if you stumble upon the full copper blocks as a result then that's another like it's a heightened reward as a result of that and it does require a bit of digging around for you to find them so I do like that as a concept. It gives you more access to that material. And as we've said before, these are materials in the case of copper that you need a lot of, and in case of iron that you need a lot of, and you have to balance it against iron farms and other ways of acquiring the material that might be a little bit easier for technical players. And we didn't talk about this much last time, but I think now that copper requires nine ingots to craft back into a full block, this kind of puts the pressure on the technical community to either like reconsider the context of drowned farms in getting hold of copper because the the drops from drowned are going to be roughly the same as they are for yeah iron ingots from zombies you know it's a relatively low drop chance so technically speaking that's a nerf for the more technical side of copper farming but it maybe also puts some pressure on mojang to rebuff some of that uh, that drowned copper chance just so maybe we can get copper from a, a variety of sources more renewably if the blocks are going to be this expensive when the the update arrives 
I'm glad you brought that up because uh, one of the things that I discovered and quickly ran away from on my uh, exploration run on the snapshot playthrough was not only uh, one, but I believe four uh, underwater ruins mm -hmm. that were spawning drowns. Uh, I, someone in my chat mentioned that they sometimes spawn in like little, almost like temple organizations of like four in like a little square yeah uh and so a drowned farm with like a villager bait or something in the middle of that could have a decent yield if you know um the drop weights are such that it it ends up being fruitful um i mean either way it's copper that you don't have to mine so if you depending on how much you're using it it could end up being something cool so that's that's on my list for the snapshot world but i was thinking about that and thinking about uh blocks of raw iron and I didn't see anything in any any of the, the videos or the, the notes, but have they done the same thing with uh, iron veins? Do you think they'll put raw blocks of iron in those veins as well? I believe that is the case. I've not found any myself because I was mainly focusing on copper and I found that the raw iron veins are actually much more difficult to come across and that maybe even more so now that they've adjusted the sizes and the distribution of them. But I do think they are planning on putting raw iron blocks in there as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's a an easy way of getting nine raw iron at once. Mm -hmm. um, the, the other thing that this potentially introduces is the option for them to have directly smelting raw blocks into full blocks of the material, right? So you put in a block of raw iron, you get an iron block out. And I argued the point in my video that that's potentially a little unbalanced because of the way fuel economy works and the fact that the smelting time for every item is the same. So, right. you know, you, you, you could be smelting nine iron in the time it takes to smelt one. But people have since pointed out to me that there is a smelting time uh, data value behind the scenes that isn't really used in vanilla Minecraft at all, but can be implemented in data packs. So if anybody wanted to include a data pack that had, you know, a direct conversion from the raw iron block to the full iron block or any of the other raw blocks, then you could potentially slow down the smelting time to balance that. It's still going to take the same amount of fuel, but it will basically lengthen the time. So it could be maybe in the case of like, you know, it, it being one ingot time less, uh, I think would be a good way of doing it. So you, you smelt it for the time it would take to smelt eight ingots, but you get nine. And so it feels right. a little bit more balanced that way, like using a coal block to smelt 80 items instead of using eight coal to smelt 64. Right. That makes a lot of sense. What do you say we move on to uh, chunk mail, though? Sounds like a plan. And if you, dear listener, would like to email the show, you can use the email address spawnchunkmail at gmail.com first email comes from gundar h striker a landscape artist member of our discord idea for mob transportation hi pix and joel i was listening to a recent episode of the show and joel made a comment about how he would like to be able to have mobsicles in the game these would be a frozen harmless version of mobs this idea got me thinking what if you could freeze any mob in the game mine it with a pickaxe and throw it in your inventory like a block this would make for incredibly Minecrafty and a very useful mob transportation, allowing players to carry a village or villager on their shoulders. Each mobsicle would take up a whole slot inventory, uh, no, not stacking at all. Once you reach the general place where you want them to be at, a campfire or some kind of special source of light or fire would be used to thaw out said mob. 
One might think this would be quite OP, but obtaining powdered snow, setting up a hole for said mob to cryonize uh, would be a lengthy process uh, as laying down Minecraft rails, in my humble opinion. This is just an idea for a solution to the difficulty of transporting mobs over thousands of blocks. I hope you find this idea interesting. Keep on chunking, Gundar H. Striker. Uh, mob skills are bust. I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> this is my idea, but I think it's fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of examples of this that I've seen both in Minecraft and Minecraft-adjacent media. So PixArk had a similar system to this, the kind of pixel art sort of uh, blocky Ark Survival Evolved uh, spin-off, where you could turn tamed dinosaurs into cubes, uh, which still weighed a lot, and player inventory had a weight limit. There's like an encumbrance mechanic, so you couldn't just carry a ton of pocket dinosaurs around at once and have your own like Pokemon team with them. Um, but there was even a gumball machine style contraption you could store them in and it looked like a vending machine for your dinosaurs, which was pretty fun. Um, and that in particular helped with getting them out of tight areas. Like if you had a parasaur that had just like stumbled into a ravine and you couldn't get it back out by riding it, then you could just turn it into a block and jump on out of there yourself. Um, so yeah, th there are definitely some some games that have a mechanic like this. And Minecraft really has it already in the form of spawn eggs, the difference being we don't have access to those in survival. And there are mechanical implications to spawn eggs. If you right-click on a spawner holding one, then it turns it into that kind of spawner. Um, there, there are a few other examples I can think of of this. We, we're currently playing, uh, me and Zloy XP again, uh, playing a uh, chicken-blocked map, uh, which is kind of skyblock where chickens provide resources for you, much like the chickens mod does for Java skyblock packs. And um, that uses a similar mechanic where you get a chicken net, and it's effectively a tool where if you swipe at them uh, with the net, then they turn into basically like a little tablet of that chicken, and then you can use that like a spawn egg, but it doesn't give the player access to vanilla spawn eggs themselves. Um, and so I've seen the mechanic in play. I think the the thing is, uh, in, in terms of balancing it against other forms of mob transport, like minecart rails, for example, I think the problem there is that minecart rail requires you to do a couple of things in terms of effort. You know, you're picking up a ton of rails, you're placing them the entire way, you've got to power some of them, probably, and they've got to cover all of the, the distance. Whereas just, like, tucking something into a spot of your inventory seems, like, overpowered from the sense of, you know, it being... You know, the, the amount of effort you put in versus the reward you get from bringing, you know, villagers thousands of blocks back to your base or, you know, bringing a, a creeper with you that you can put into a uh, an exhibit like in the museum that I'm building, for example. I, th I think there's there's a certain amount of th this mechanic that makes things perhaps a little too easy. Um, but I, I, I do like the idea of including more freezing mechanics and I think powder snow seems like a a cool option for that with the exception that powder snow already has the mechanic of turning skeletons into strays so maybe there'd be a combination of materials that would allow you to freeze mobs in that same way one of the things that i get out of this is just i mean beyond the fun of it you know like thawing out cubes of villagers just for whatever reason makes me very giddy um and i like that idea you know with a campfire and per perhaps even having a restriction where you'd have to then have that block of a villager be directly next to a campfire in the same way that a um, a uh, coral block has to be next to water in order to not turn gray. 
it would be you know something that would restrict the fact that you could only defrost four blocks at a time um, one of the most challenging things about moving villages or other mobs around is that while you're trying to do that they generally have a life of their own and they're trying to walk and do all kinds of different things and if you can they're also vulnerable so zombies can attack villagers um, animals can be attacked from different things uh, it would be neat if there was maybe a combination where you could freeze the mob in a mobsicle and then use a minecart to make it travel along the way instead of using like a water system or something to travel uh, to move items uh, you could use um, a minecart so it might give a little bit more uses to minecarts and again i just think it would be very funny to see villager popsicles uh, <laughs> going along in minecart rails you know yeah. for whatever reason even if it's just for fun i mean so technically yes it'd be better if you're doing a mob farm it would be better to kill the mobs on site and put the drops into you know a shulker box and have that go down a waterway like you're going to move way more items but it's not as cool as seeing a you know, villager popsicle travel by on a minecart rail. <laughs> like yeah. I just, you know, there might be some ways. I think one of the things that, that struck me just as, as appealing to this is that by freezing any mob in order to move it, what you eliminate is one of the most annoying things about trying to do that is the fact that they're always just kind of like randomly pathing in their own direction or away mm -hmm. from you. They're going somewhere where you don't want them to be. You know, I had a, you know, a dog that I was trying to get back to my home base early, early on in the Dartmouth Meadows drown because it went under the edge of a river that had an overhang and it couldn't figure out how to get out. And had I just been able to freeze him and drag him along as an ice cube, it would have worked a lot better. <laughs> yeah, like know? if I'd cryogenically frozen this dog, then maybe. Yeah, I, I, I do like the idea in principle and I think it'd be really funny the variety you could get out of it. Like imagine freezing a ravager or something like that in a giant block of ice. And that made me think, what if people have been asking for like more bosses in minecraft for a while and the usual refrain is that like the end dragon works for the end the wither is technically a nether themed boss drops a nether star and you get all the materials from it for, from the nether even if you don't necessarily want to fight it in the nether and the overworld doesn't really have bosses as a, an option because stumbling into them while you were just casually exploring a world might be something of a uh, you know a, a difficult challenge and and uh, dissuade you from exploring further but what if taking this idea to another place what if there was like a i don't know a mammoth type of boss mammoth's probably a bad example because you know the, of the the recent emphasis on conservation of endangered species but what if there is like a giant uh frozen monster in like uh some of the the accidental ice caves that we found in mountains or frozen in uh you know a frozen ocean iceberg uh, like bring it back to avatar the last airbender from our pre-show discussion like what if they found like a giant thing frozen in an iceberg the way they start out in in avatar and then you have to physically like the player has to interact and thaw it out in order to fight it and maybe there are other mobs mm. trapped in there as well or maybe this like you know ancient prehistoric creature can come out of the iceberg and then once you fought it then you get the reward of a drop item or whatever it happens to be i i wonder if that that part of the idea might have legs in terms of introducing mechanics like that in order to get an overworld boss into the picture a little. And the parallel that I see with all that is just the time investment to thaw or melt something. And it's very similar to the time it takes for something like copper to oxidize as a parallel. You know, like they've introduced this kind of like 
new mechanic with copper where it, it slowly changes over time. And that kind of a thing could be implemented with ice. Like it slowly changes over time, depending on whether you're freezing something or whether you're thawing something. Yeah, yeah, it could well do. And yeah, there's, there's certainly like ideas for expanding snow biomes here as well because i think snow biomes are one of the more criminally underrated biomes in the game i think it's really fun to play around with it the snow blocks have layers and so forth i think there's there's a lot that could be said for snow biomes if they had more uh inviting mechanics like this so yeah i do wonder if that's an option for for minecraft's future let's move on to our, our next subject though because this kind of ties in with the uh the the discussion we wanted to have today uh, this next email comes in from tim o and the subject is armor uses for copper hi johnny and joel was watching johnny's video about copper in the latest snapshot and wanted to share my idea for a use for copper and see what you thought what if you could combine a copper ingot with a piece of leather armor in a smithing table to create reinforced leather armor? This would be stronger stronger than regular leather armor, maybe about the same as iron, and would also keep the ability to protect you from powdered snow and to be dyed like leather. I would like this for two reasons. First, in the early game, iron now seems harder to get, so this would be another way to get reasonable quality armor before going to the more dangerous deep slate levels. Second, I like being able to dye leather armor in different colors, but I never use that because we pass leather's usefulness so early in the game. Iron level protection and durability seem reasonable to live with if I could make it my own colored uniform to match my shield and my banners. Players spend a lot of time making custom skins, but then we all just end up wearing the same diamond or netherite armor which covers them up. I'd really like it if there was some way to alter the appearance of armor slightly without changing the stats. Maybe adding a gold nugget to iron armor in the smithing table to get a gold inlay effect, or maybe add a piece of leather to your gold armor to give it tassels. I'd love to hear your opinions. Stay protected, Tim. <laughs> a good message there at the end. Thank you, Tim, for the for the email. Um. Yeah, I, I really still want augmented or customized armor to be a thing. Uh, so I'd be cool with copper being used for that. I, I think that's a, a solid suggestion. I think it has... You, you still end up with the power balance issue of almost everybody wanting the most powerful thing. So eventually everyone's going to end up with diamond or netherite or whatever. But I think we've kind of laid down the law on this before and said we would be really happy with any kind of cosmetic additions to armor to make you know, individuals feel a little bit more unique from each other. Yeah, I, I can see the argument from Mojang wanting um, for PvP reasons that armor be immediately identifiable from a distance saying like, that's diamond, that's iron, that's leather. I know who's the weakest among those three players. Um, but I play mostly in iron. Uh, it's a little bit of an extra challenge for me. I don't like the look of the blue diamond armor and I've just not taken the time to change the armor texture to be something that looks cool uh, and it wouldn't matter because everybody else in the server unless they had my texture pack they'd still see me as a bright blue smurf so uh i'd be happy to sacrifice diamond or netherite protection for some customization i say that and i am currently a hobo hodpodge of gold helmet elytra iron pants and netherite boots mm -hmm. uh, because my boots are things i don't want to wear out very quickly so having netherite boots makes the most sense um, I love the idea, and I'll get into a little bit more detail of this in our main discussion, of having some sort of dyeable element in the armor. So if it's a stripe, or if it's a centerpiece, or if it's a crest, or if it's, especially if it's something you can control, um, in the same way that you can put like a creeper face on a banner, it'd be very neat to be able to put something in the middle of your iron armor and change the color of that. So maybe you don't get to have, you know, an entire pink set of armor, but you maybe have 
a heart or a flower or something in the middle that you like. Or maybe you could put, you know, like a, a wither skull or, or something on the front of it for something more aggressive and have that be black, you know, in the middle of your chest. And again, immediately identifiable still as iron armor, but, you know, has a, 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 a colored personal thing in, in the middle. Uh, I like that idea. I don't know about having armor like leather armor reinforced with copper to the point where it's the same as iron because I feel like that kind of is like a make easy button uh, and we'll get more into this in a minute but I feel like maybe something in between would be would be better uh, something to last the player in between leather and iron rather than being equal to iron yeah I think the reason we don't have an in-between stage right now is to encourage more people to use leather armor to begin with and I mm. think in, in making iron deliberately harder to get hold of I do think they've kind of you know brought up the fact that hey leather armor is still a thing which adding copper armor into the mix would negate a little bit but I think what Tim's idea does is bring in similar mechanics to what you're using a smithing table for when you're turning diamond into netherite. You still need the leather armor in order to augment it with copper in the same way that you still need to acquire diamond armor before skipping straight to netherite. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think there is definitely an advantage to encouraging players to use some of those lesser used items for right now so that they can, you know, have the opportunity to keep it moving forward and 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 like the the upgrade process instead of a replacement process is something that appeals to me and i would like to see used a little more in the game um let's fold this straight into our main discussion though because we were talking about uh having a discussion about the place of copper tools and copper armor because that is the logical conclusion everyone as assumes is going to happen whenever a new metal gets added to the game but we find copper tools and copper armor absent from Mojang's plans. And we wanted to go over a little bit of why we think uh, that would be the case. And if we can see a space for copper tools and copper armor uh, in future, or if we think Mojang should maybe uh, revise their ideas of what they think copper tools and armor could do in the game. And I think this falls back on my earlier comment about seeing both sides of the argument for changing the way that copper is crafted into copper blocks because you have an ingot and nine by nine into a copper block makes sense. That's the same as iron, but you can also make an iron pick, iron sword, iron shovel, iron ax mm -hmm. with an ingot. And so you get a copper ingot and you get excited and you go, oh, I can't do anything else with this. And so it, it's a little confusing and I can see a space for copper armor like uh, Tim mentioned. Uh, in between leather and iron, but upon some embarrassing research, I didn't know this already, uh, we already have one. We have two, gold and chainmail, mm -hmm. fall specifically between the protection level of leather and iron. So we have it, people just don't use it because gold, the durability is is garbage. And the amount of effort I think put into chainmail, you can't craft it, right? Like you have to find it. Yeah, you, you have to either find chainmail, you get it from mobs, you can trade it from villagers. Occasionally, I think it might turn up in loot chests, although I don't know exactly where. And chainmail has never been craftable, I think, because of the like contention on what its crafting recipe would be. People thought mm -hmm. that a lot of the time that like when iron bars were introduced maybe those could be used in a crafting recipe but that feels kind of awkward because you're putting in six iron and you get 16 iron bars out because that works the same as the crafting recipe for glass and so that feels like a cheaper way of making armor that is almost as good as iron so it may as well do if you're putting six iron 
ingots in and you get out nearly like enough for a full suit of armor. I think the same is true of iron nuggets, right? You get nine nuggets out of an ingot, but if you're using nine nuggets or eight, eight nuggets to make an, a chainmail chest plate, then that is suddenly a, a, a shift in the resource economy. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know... I don't know where copper would really go because it's it's a pretty soft metal, right? It's it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's the kind of thing that we see being w- roughly the same as gold. So I think it'd be the kind of thing that, yes, it'd be easy to acquire and build tools and armor from, but it is likely to be as trashy in terms of durability as gold is. And I think one of the main things about tools, the main thing I'm going to disregard tools for the majority of this conversation uh, at least the conventional tools that we used to, pickaxes and axes and so forth, is that unless you add in new materials or you change up the current tool progression, there is nothing copper could mine that other tool other tools couldn't. The only reason to have an iron pickaxe, aside from an extra hit of durability, is so that you can mine diamonds. And that's diamonds and redstone and maybe gold, I think. But everything else mm-hmm. can be mined with a stone pickaxe until you get to diamonds to get obsidian and that's really really it uh, and so i really think unless they added something new that copper had to be used to mine maybe because you could make a copper pickaxe more delicate or something and so you like you could you could harvest a material without just breaking it in half or something then there's nothing really that copper could do without just kind of messing up the current tool progression i think to make copper desirable the tools have to be new tools and the spyglass is an example of that right it's something that you can't make you can't make an iron spyglass (laughs) um and and i think maybe something for the archaeology brush might be planned or something like that and maybe if we want to expand into other mechanics in future you could use copper to make a a hammer or a chisel or something like that and regardless of what those things did i can imagine copper being the the specialist tools kind of tier whereas wood and stone and then iron and diamond end up being like the workhorse ones the ones that are getting you the majority of the the heftier resources i don't really see copper having a place in that unless it has some kind of native enchantment at which point yeah it's an advantage for two seconds and then you get an enchantment table and you're like oh yeah no this is just where i'm going to be at from now on I don't think that copper tools really have a place in the progression long term, and we don't need more stuff just kind of cluttering up the mid game. I think at this stage, as far as tools yeah. go, at least. Yeah, the way that my brain was going is is, is that way as well. Um, something that Tim mentioned with like the idea of decorating armor and like putting in like gold leaf or something like that. Yes. The idea of something like a jeweler's hammer, where you want the hammer to be able to do the job, but you don't want it to necessarily damage the precious emerald or gold or whatever it is that you're putting into your armor would make a little bit of sense and if that would be the only way to then decorate armor and you'd have to use a you know a copper hammer then hey that gives a a unique tool something you're not going to need all the time but in the same way that you don't need a flint and steel all the time it's still a nifty thing to have in minecraft you know for when you need it and i think that that could be really fun to to explore um, and would make sense, you know, it has that, that, that touch of, of logic to it that, that kind of goes there. Um, the, the place where I see a gap, uh, especially with the way that iron and diamond are being redistributed in the new, um, the new world generation is between iron and diamond. There's a much larger gap between iron and diamond than there is between leather and iron in terms of, um, availability and, and protection. 
And this would involve, you know, probably something like an, a, an alloy, which we just, we only ever see in mods. So bronze, and it would also cross over into like just bronze tools and bronze armor would be a great thing for Minecraft education in terms of, you know, where that happened in history, where that falls in terms of um, hardness and usefulness and what things were made out of bronze versus why copper isn't used specifically because it's so soft. Uh, but that gets into a whole other like, well, then you've got a third metal added to the game and or a fourth one. So like just, that kind of stuff goes in a rabbit hole. We maybe don't want to go down. Yeah. And then um, you get into things like alloys and so forth, potentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I did think about was that um, in, in some other places where um, some mods that do make sense and do feel kind of Minecrafty are things like cooking mods and copper conducts heat mm -hmm. in the same way that we were talking about the way that copper conducts electricity uh having copper pots which is a common thing in modern day uh having copper pots for cooking specifically uh instead of you know cauldrons are have, have been kind of like pushed to the point where they're kind of more uh leather working like they have that kind of uh, of a thing going on right now and so having a specific thing that you could use to make your rabbit stew to uh you know make different things in minecraft to cook different things in minecraft that could be kind of cool and if copper pot in the same way that you make a cauldron you know maybe it costs the same um then then that would be cool i think and if it's got the right kind of texture could potentially be a good decorative block for people i use cauldrons at the bottom of pillars all the time um, and, and it works out quite well. So like that kind of stuff could be, could be really cool. Um, I also thought about things like uh, a watering can. Now this was less practical and more just like where did my brain goes when I think about what copper things exist, uh, gardening tools, trowels, and things like a watering can are also kind of classic, uh, copper tools. Um, it's redundant. I know I get that you can saturate farmland with a single water source in the middle of nine blocks. And like, I, like there's all that kind of stuff where like, well, it really wouldn't have any use at least not right now that we can imagine. But if there was a way to use a watering can to constantly water something, to control water somehow, to uh, if there was ever anything in Minecraft that did not need a lot of water, but would thrive with only a little bit, um, th that kind of stuff would be cool. But then again, like we've got bone meal. So if you want to grow your crops, if you want to grow your potatoes and your wheat and things, you just hit them with the bone meal and the way you go. So like it, I, it's a redundant idea, but that's kind of where my brain went. Yeah, I think if copper is going to have any kind of uses for tools, it's either going to be, yeah, something along those lines, something kind of domestic and quality of life sort of style things, or it's going to be something that comes completely out of left field and is often kind of, it's going to be more tied in with some future ideas they, they might have. Like, you know, the, um, the changes to wool and how that affects stuff like skulk sensors you know like i i think mm. we're going to find interactions between these items that we couldn't have predicted because we didn't necessarily know what was coming in terms of mob additions and and various other bits and pieces but i mean going back to the copper armor idea i think armor is an easier sell than tools because yes <laughs> it's it's not gonna you know armor is not typically something that eats up durability you know the durability on armor is nowhere near what it is for tools because you're not taking damage all the time whereas a lot of the time you are breaking blocks so i think copper armor has the potential to last longer than copper tools and therefore be a bit useful like i don't know about you but when i've got a gold helmet even if i don't have mending on it or unbreaking it tends to last a little while for my early trips to the nether before i really need to worry about replacing it um and i think the same would maybe be true for copper it's also a more visually striking change because you know wearing a full suit of copper armor i think would like be more visible to the player than if you were 
you know, whatever other kind of armor you were wearing. And regardless of how much protection it gave you, I think it would be, you know, a little bit more visually appealing than just having copper tools uh, from Mm -hmm. a a, a kind of, you know, aesthetic perspective. Um, You could also, if, if it was possible to do this, factor copper erosion into armor, maybe based on time worn, or if it's left out on an armor stand, maybe the same thing could apply where eventually you end up with some pretty neat looking armor because it's it feels like it's aged and has been you know through a few battles and the it'll be the first time that armor would really look kind of you know dented and weathered by its constant use um i was thinking that even if oxidized copper armor you know you enchant that and it could kind of pass for diamond <laughs> like if you compare yeah. the uh, the texture of diamond armor unenchanted to oxidized copper there's a little bit more of the kind of greenish tint to the copper of course but it's not that far removed that at a distance you know you might be able to fool somebody in a pvp contest and i don't think that's necessarily a consideration too many people make on the fly but it'd be pretty funny wearing an aged suit of copper armor and you know faking everybody into thinking you had diamond so i i do think that maybe copper armor if anything might have a place but then if it's going to be used for armor then the why not tools (laughs) argument gets thrown in there as well so yeah yeah i I do i do wonder if there is room for it i think an augmentation mechanic a, a kind of enhancement or upgrade mechanic like tim's email suggested might make more sense overall and maybe if copper is destined for that kind of path then they can consider making it a little bit more interesting than just crafting a suit of copper armor do we know if copper has any effect on the note block like does it make a different sound coming to the note block they would have announced that i think i don't believe it does yet and there's still room for stuff like that i I think the one thing that we are maybe still waiting on for 1.17 before of course we kind of shift our focus to the second half of the update is things like um you know note block changes little stuff like that and then uh advancements is the other thing you were talking earlier right. about some of that mm-hmm. stuff not really being signposted i think maybe acquiring a moss block or acquiring some copper or something is maybe going to have a little bit more added to the the kind of game-led objectives side of things so that advancements can maybe signpost some of that stuff and that that really points out a a a, a missing link in my gameplay i never think about advancements and in uh-huh. the snapshot playthrough i should really bring that up more often and just kind of see what might be there because i i forget that that is even a thing most of the time yeah it's it's a great way of setting yourself goals if you're at a loose end and you've yeah. either like you haven't got enough materials for a build project but you're holding out for that in particular you think what can i do mm. in the meantime and mm-hmm. obviously i've been thinking about advancements a lot because of doing stuff with clash of the creators and everything but uh, yeah yeah i think it's it's going to be fun to see if they add in some advancements that are really going to direct players to some of the newer newer content and at least let people know what's possible once you get hold of a moss block or dripstone or anything like that one thing that made me think about sound was uh, the unique sound that copper has. I noticed it this weekend when we were placing some copper blocks down in the in the world. It has a really cool kind of like metallic hollow kind of thing to it. And uh, that could be something that would be a neat tell on that difference between uh, diamond armor and maybe enchanted copper armor would be if instead of the classic kind of like crunch hit noise, in that if you're in a PvP situation and someone hits you, or even if another, if a skeleton beans you with an arrow, it would be really <laughs> neat if the different armors in Minecraft had different sounds. So maybe you hear a smack if you're wearing leather armor, or a, a slightly more metallic thunk if you're wearing gold, a bong if you're wearing, you know, 
copper armor, kind of like a bell. Yeah. Uh, iron could be more like a clang or a clack, you know, and then di- I don't know what you could do for diamonds, some sort of like <laughs> maybe high pitched, you know, like um, almost like um, what amethyst does, you know, like that kind of like almost like a song, you know? Yeah. The uh, kind of ting then, sort of. Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff. It could be fun. I can, I'm now imagining Mojang sound designers getting some actual diamonds into a booth and just hitting them with various things to see what kind of <laughs> noises they make. It's got to be authentic. They recorded real life goats and pandas and everything. So you, there you go. You never know. Uh, I think that's where we're going to wrap up this episode of the Spawn Chunks for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and the Spawn Chunks is proud as ever to be a listener supported podcast. As as Joel mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, people who uh, get some value out of the show have been putting some value back in for a few years now. And if you are one of those people, you can visit patreon.com slash the spawn chunks to join our community. Pledging at any level gets you an invite to our patrons only discord chat. You get to listen to the show live when we record it every week. And it also gets us closer to our next goal, which is still the monthly Minecraft audio hangout where we can sit down with everybody and we can just have a nice discussion about what we've all been doing in Minecraft, like the quick login but for the community. We're currently at 247 patrons, which is down three from last week, likely just because Patreon does its usual readjustment at the beginning of each month. But special thanks go out to our content engineers this week, General Pattern 82, Greener Canuck, Hunter 555, Jumbo Sale, and Yitz. Thank you for your support on this episode. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. Just point them towards the spawn chunks on Twitter or Instagram. And a personal recommendation is another way to share the podcast. Just poke a friend in the arm from a safe distance during the pandemic and tell them about the show where they can go to listen to it. That includes iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, really wherever you can find a podcast. Email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. The RSS feed is linked on the spawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. And that's where you can get an automatic download of the Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixorifs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixorifs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three days a week on Twitch, where I'm doing behind-the-scenes work for the Survival Guide, and I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolios at joelduggan.com. My other podcast about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment turned 400 this week. Uh, You can find that at thecitadelcafe.com. We talked about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as Invincible, a new animated series on Amazon. You can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and at Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I am playing the latest snapshot every week, uh, maybe even twice a week, and building a detailed medieval town in the Citadel. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Who's up for spaghetti?